Hey, I, I want to, you know, I was thinking about this week. What, I'm, what I want to preach to you about or talk to you about a little bit today is called trademarks. Would you say that with me? Trademarks. Do you ever stop and think about how many different trademarks there are in the world and everybody has something that they want to be identified by? I started doing some research on it and found out that humans have been trademarking stuff since before there was even a word for it. 2,000 years ago, Roman craftspeople left their distinctive marks on pretty much everything they made. They left it on tableware, on brickwork, on roof tiles, on decorative vases, gravestones, lead slingshot, ammunition. I guess that was so after you shot it, you could go try and find it and gather it up. And even plumbing. In 1266, Henry III of England passed the world's first known trademark law. It required bakers to add a distinctive mark to all the bread they sold. So like you brand a cow, I guess they had to brand a loaf. But they had, to, they had to have a mark. Bakers who failed to comply with that marking law risk heavy fines and the possibility of having to forfeit all unmarked bread. That way they could track down bakers if they were shortchanging the people. You know, like if you, they weren't giving them enough dough. You'll laugh about that later. So I, what I, I thought about is I, I wanted to kind of test us and see how readily we pick up trademarks because there are two things that take place. There's the trademark. It, that's what we are known by. And then there is the slogan of a brand, and that's what, we're, what they want to be known for. So let's, I want you to remember that trademark is what, we're, what they are known by. Slogan is what they are known for. So let's take a look at some trademarks, and feel free just to shout it out when you recognize it. Go ahead. Very good. Good. That's a tough one. <laughs> All right. Good. <laughs> Very good. Got it. Got it. <laughs> that, see here, this is, this is it, that's Whataburger. So if you're not familiar with, that's, that's more of a chain in Texas. And it's, every time we went to Mexico, we always stopped at Whataburger. Because you haven't had a burger until you've had Whataburger. Okay. All right, very good. So you, you did well with that. Trademarks, those logos that, that I, that, those are what we are known by. But now let's take a look and see if you can figure this stuff out on what we're known for. So I'm going to give you some slogans, and you holler it out if you recognize that slogan. Okay, you ready? Takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Very good. The quality goes in before the name goes on. Wow. That was Zenith Television. It's been a while. <laughs> okay. Jasmine said, what's a Zenith? <laughs> okay, here, what about this one? 
plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, very good. Let's try it. What was that? Okay, let, let's try one more. You ready? Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce special. Very good. All right, you should have at least let me finish the song. <laughs> so, all right, so we, we recognize how readily some of these are identifiable. So it means the manufacturer has done their job. They have caused you to identify them with just what they think about this. They've caused you to be able to identify them without a word, but just by looking at that logo. And they've also caused you to identify them by a, a, a mantra, not a mantra, but a slogan or a motto of that company, like with the Timex commercials. And some of you were too young to remember those Timex commercials where they would take a Timex watch and tie it to the end of an arrow and then shoot the thing through a pane of glass. And then they would go get it and they say, now watch the second hand. And it was still going around. And I thought, boy, that's good to know because if I've ever got my watch on and I end up flying through a pane of glass, I wanna know I can tell what time it is afterwards. So I, I thought about that. So, but think about us. What, what should we be known by and what should we be known for? Everybody say known by and known for. To find the answer to that question, you've got to go to the manufacturer because the one that built the item is the one that determines how it's going to be identified. Now look at Psalms chapter 100 and verse 3. It said, Know ye not that the Lord, he is God? It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. So in other words, God is the one that determines how we, what we are known by and what we are known for because he made us. Amen. Now, how many of you know some people that don't agree with that. They, they don't agree that God made them. They don't agree that, that God owns them, or they, they don't even agree that there is a God. I've, I've met people before, you know, and they get, they get, sometimes they'll get worked up trying to tell me there's not a God, and I just smile at them. I said, why do you smile? Because I, I'm thinking, I've got, look, I've got the final answer in this thing. And I always look at him and I say, you know, one of these days, I said, look, I don't want to argue with you, but the truth is, it's one of these days we're both going to die and we'll find out who was right and who was wrong. Have a great day. <laughs> I said that to one guy and he looked at me and he said, wait a minute, you just told me I'm going to hell. I said, I didn't say that, you did. Down inside all of our hearts, do you ever watch geese fly south? I've thought about that, and I've, I've, I've watched, as a matter of fact, as I was coming up here this week, and I was driving, and there was the countryside and the wheat fields, and I thought, man, I wished I'd have had a camera. Because it's kind of like one of those pictures that you see Terry Redland, I think that's his name, paint, where all of a sudden I looked up, and there's this flock of geese flying over this grain field, and it was just one of those Kodak moments, if you will. And I thought how that God built that into them. The monarch butterfly will fly thousands of miles, a butterfly, 
to get to a place in Mexico that's built in them. We had trouble getting to Mexico with an atlas map. And that butterfly is just, it's, it's built into them. They know where they're going. Amen. And I leave for your consideration that if we surrender to God and if we get all the noise out of our head, that we too will find ourselves being drawn to him because he's wired it into us for us to come to him. Amen. What does he want us to be known by? St. John 13 and 35 readily identifies this. This is Jesus speaking, and he said, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. Ye have love one to another. Wow. You know, that word gets thrown around so much, doesn't it? I love pizza. I don't think that's the same love that he's talking about, that you have love one to another. In the, the world that we live right now, there is so much animosity that I thought this really needs to begin to shine, this thing called love, love one to another. You know what I've found out about love is the kind of love that God talks about looks beyond your faults and sees your need. How many of you have ever had a fault before? I mean, maybe just like once in your life. You know, wave your hand at me if you've ever had a fault, you know, that you can identify. I mean, I know it's hard to figure out sometimes. And the idea that God looks beyond that to us is pretty powerful. Amen. Matter of fact, I would leave for your consideration that the power of love isn't the fact that we love God. It's that he loved us. Amen. And he loved us while we were still sinners and proved that love to us in an undeniable way by having Christ to come and die for us. In Matthew chapter 22 and verse 35, this question comes up about just really how important is this thing. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus, I mean, think about that. He's out of all the commandments you've been, that'd be like you going to your mom or dad and saying, Look, out of all the things you've ever told me, What's the most important thing you've ever told me? Jesus doesn't stop to contemplate this. He answers this immediately. And he said, you shall love the Lord your God. Everybody say love. He didn't say, hey, you shall hate the devil. <laughs> he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, but he doesn't stop there. And he says, and the second is like it, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. That's a pretty powerful statement. He's saying everything that was written in the law 
and everything that the prophets pointed to hang on these two commandments. In other words, all the revelations which God has made the man in every age is built on these two foundational issues, loving God and loving man. Have you ever been anywhere where, I mean, folks declared their love for God, but when they looked at you, you felt like they were judging you? You know what drew me to God? It wasn't the fact that he pointed out everything that was wrong with me. It was the fact that he wanted anything to do with me. It was the idea that he loved me. And no matter what you do with that, no matter how you try and escape that, that just stands glaring at you. Love. How many of you have ever gotten in it? Well, you don't have to raise your hand on this, but how many of you have ever gotten into an argument with your spouse before? Just think about it. Some of you are thinking so loud I can hear it. (laughs) Did that argument keep you from loving them? No. It might have kept you on the edge of the bed for a night or two. It might have caused you to want to get even for a moment. But if someone would have come up, I, let me just illustrate this way. If Debbie and I were having a tiff and somebody, and you know, and we were, how many of you have ever had a tiff? You know what I mean? That's, that's a nice word. <laughs> So if, if, we were have, if we were ever having a tiff, I promise you that if someone walked up during that tiff and started bad-mouthing my wife, I'd forget all about that tiff. And the love that I have in my heart for her would now turn to her defense. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave sin separated us from God sins a little bit more than a tiff right I mean sin separates us from God but God did not separate himself from us I, I hope you caught that sin separates us from him But it did not separate him from us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. What's he doing? He's saying, look, sin is pulling you away from me, so I'm getting ready to do something to pull you toward me. I'm going to get rid of this problem between us. I'm going to take care of this issue that keeps trying to separate us, and I'm going to bring you back to me in this thing called love. In Mark 12, when they're talking about these two commandments, the person that asked the question, here's what Jesus said. And he responded and he said, 
These two commandments are more important than all of the burnt offerings and sacrifice required in the law. And Jesus looked at him and said, you're not far from the kingdom. What was he saying? He's saying, you're recognizing that the law and the prophets were all trying to move us to this point, that we would love God and love each other. Everybody say, how many of you love somebody that you really can't stand? <laughs> Nobody's biting on that hook, are they? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you, you've got, you may have, you know, I, I, I hesitate to get out here. Let, let me use a name that I know nobody is named after. You may have an Aunt Gertrude. Nobody's named Gertrude in here, are they? And, you know, and, and, and she just, everything she does just kind of gets under your skin. But I love her. <laughs> Can't stand her, but I love her. Isn't that something, how powerful love is? That love could cause you to still embrace someone you can't stand? Let me leave you with this illustration on love because this is what he wants us to be known by. They've spit in his face. They've beaten him unrecognizable. They have plowed his back like an open field with a whip. They have pierced his hands and his feet. In a book called The Anatomy of Calvary, they said if you had shown a bright light in his chest, you could have seen the light coming through his back. And he hanging on that cross with the ability to stop it all with the ability to call for legions of angels that would come and wipe them out, instead looked out over them and said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. I can't stand them right now, but I still love them. Think about it. The, The insult, the heartbreak, the the pain that he was going through could not separate him from that love that he had for us. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 5 and 17. He makes a statement. He said, don't misunderstand why I've come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. What was their purpose? Their purpose was to bring us to a place that we love God and we love each other. Somebody say it. I love God and I love you. I lost half of you on that I love you jazz. Let's try it one more time. I love God and I love you. I'll help you out. Sometimes I can't stand you. How many of you ever gotten to a place where you couldn't stand yourself? Man, when we were laying blocks in Mexico, and it, it, I mean, there's no air conditioning, you understand? And we're laying blocks, and we'd been laying blocks all morning long, and we took a break for lunch, you know? So I had sweated my clothes through. So now, during lunch, my clothes dry out, you know? And, and I go back and, you know, start laying blocks again. Well, I sweat my clothes through again. And man, come along about 3 o'clock, I started smelling something, and I thought, man, what in the world is that? It stinks. 
And I kept smelling around and I thought, what is that smell? It smells like something sour. And I thought, man, what? And I went, and I go, oh my God. I couldn't stand myself. You ever been there at a place where all of a sudden you found yourself doing things you thought you would never do and then you stand up and look yourself in the mirror and think, I can't stand you right now. You've messed up so much, but hear what I'm going to say. When you can't stand yourself, God still loves you. He still cares about you. He's still reaching for you. He's still saying, here I am. That's powerful love. Known by this, having love for one another. Now, what's he want us to be known for? We know what he wants us to be known by. That's loving him and loving others. But what are we to be known for? In 1 Timothy 1 and 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Say it with me. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. That, my friend, is what we should be known for. It's when everything in the world is spinning in chaos that there is still a calm and a confidence in us that reaches toward God that people are able to look to and say, man, that individual doesn't seem to be bothered at all by what's going on. I told you the story about the boy that was on a ship and there was a storm that came up and that ship was being tossed back and forth and everybody was running around and screaming and in the midst of all that chaos, that little boy stood on that deck looking through a window and he stood there calm cool and collected and some woman came running up to him and said son what's wrong with you don't you know that we're about to die don't you know that this ship is going down and that little boy turned around and looked at her with a look of boldness on his face and a look of confidence and he said lady come here and she walked over to him and she said can you see through that window that porthole and when she looked through the window she saw the captain of the ship with that with the wheel But every time a wave hit it, he would pull it back in course and his hand was steady and his eyes were sure. And he said, ma'am, that's my father. And I've seen him bring this through a whole lot worse than this. We need to let the world know that in the midst of chaos, that we still have a father that controls the realm, that is able to guide us and lead us and get us exactly where he wants us to be. It's not a time. Dear God, what's going to happen if, if, if when the world is spinning around and people are looking for answers and they come running to us and we're going, I don't know what I'm going to do. Fear cannot dominate your life. Daniel went through the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through the fire. There are some things God does not deliver you from, he sees you through. And he said that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Man, I'm telling you, I, I, I wish somehow I could make this real to us because sometimes when we read scripture we're reading it kind of like it's a distant thing long ago but if you've ever been close to a fire 
that is so intense that it's burning you. I had a big fire going one time, man, the wind shifted, and I told you, burnt my eyebrows off, man, singed my eyelashes, just curled them up. I went inside, and my daughter looked at me and said, oh, Dad! Burnt the hair off my arm. I stank. You know, if you burn hair, it stinks. Burnt the hairs off my arm. Burnt it off my face. Thank God I didn't have a beard then. But it just... They went in it. It wasn't a wind passing by that blew up in their face. They went in that fire. No singed hair. No curled eyelashes. And no fear. They said, King, we don't have to think about the answer to this. Our God will deliver us out of your hand. But even if he doesn't, I'm not bound down to your image and worshiping your idol. Amen. It should be what we're known for. Everybody say what we're known for. If you look at Philippians 4 and 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Everybody go, Whoo. Let's try it again. I'm going to read it again. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You ready? Whoo. I do the hoorah thing, but I'm not real good at that. See, we read that scripture sometimes out of context. We quote it out of context. Because we, we, we quote it like we're beating our... I can do all things! Like we're Tarzan. Like I can conquer anything. Let's get it in context. Let's take a look at what the verse said above it in verse 12. It said, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. What Paul was saying is, it always hasn't been a bed of roses. I haven't always been on the mountaintop. I've been through some stuff. I, I know what it's like to be without. I know what it's like to, to, to be uncomfortable. But I'm telling you, I, I can do it <laughs> through Christ that's strengthening me. I, he didn't say that my every day's been a great day. Every day I've been on the mountain. He's saying, no, every day I've been walking with Jesus. And I've never given up. I've never given in. I've never run back or turned back. I can do all things. We never give back, or we never give up, and we never turn back. Jesus tells us in John 16 and 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen. Say that with me. He's overcome the world. If you ever played games before, can I borrow you a second? Come, come here. Let me borrow you too. Run up here. Okay, just stand up there. Okay, uh, Sam, Jason, can I borrow you guys a second? This Jason too, and that Sam too. Come on up. Okay, 
You ready? Everybody say, I'm ready. Go ahead and line up there. Just line up a second. Okay. I need uh, another team. Ca- Jasmine, come here. You can be the other team captain. Okay. The name of the game is Tackle Football. You ready? All right. You ready? All right. So we're getting ready to pick our teams. I'm, I'm a captain. You're a captain. Going to pick our teams. I'm going to let you go first because you're a lady. And because you're a lady, I know you're going to pick a lady. Tackle football. You ready? Go ahead. You pick first. Wait, can I ask you a question? I mean, don't you like my wife? I do. She's second pick. She's second pick. <laughs> do you... <laughs> I can't believe you picked Jason over my wife, man. You guys are sing together all the time. Am I making you feel bad? No. I'm going to keep working on it. No. So I'm going to pick this Sam. You say, what are you doing? I just picked him over my wife. Why? Because I don't want her hurt. Exactly. I want to win. Think about this. Think about what I'm saying. That Look, we, we are in a contact. Give them all a big hand. Would you? Thank you, guys. Oh, you're going to stick together. Good. Okay. You're going to make up your own team. Look, we are in a contact sport. Do you understand? This is a contact sport. The Bible said that the devil is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So what I want to do is I want to win the game. And if I'm going to win the game, i got to be willing to make some contact. i got to be willing to quit backing up, quit giving up ground, and stand up and say, you know what? He has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. And devil, I know you keep coming at me, but I'm here to tell you right now that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world that I have been made more than a conqueror through him that loved us well you're just spouting stuff off no 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 that's what the word said and if the word said it it's so we're quick to I mean Jasmine just threw Debbie under the bus I'll take Jason At least I let her go first. I was the second one to let her go under the bus. <laughs> if you're going to play to win, and let me just say this to you, you ought not play at all if you don't intend to win. I understand that we say it's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. Can I tell you that in this situation, it is all about whether you win or lose. Everything is about whether you win or lose. Because if you lose, there's no second place trophy in hell. This is all about winning. And Jesus made the statement, and he said, you don't need to be afraid. You're going to go through some stuff, and I understand that. But you can rejoice because I have overcome the world. What's he saying? He's saying as long as you get on my team, you're not going to have to worry about it. I got your back. I got your front. I got your north. I got your south. I got your east. I got your west. I got your family. I got your health. I've got everything in my hand, and I'm not going to let anything take you out of it. So, my friend, this is our trade 
trademark. We love God. We love one another, and we will not run. We fear no evil. Would you stand with me today? Every once in a while, we need to get some oomph back in our life. Years ago when I was a young guy preaching, I was in my 20s, and this hadn't been that long ago, but there, there was this older pastor, I guess he was in his 70s at the time, and he'd come up to me and he'd say, boy, you got a lot of spizzerinkdom, don't you? I can't find that in the dictionary. I don't know. I couldn't even spell it to find it. Spizzerinkdom. I thought, what, what is that? But I knew by the way he used it, what he meant. You got a lot of boldness. You got a lot of confidence. And I don't want you to misunderstand. That boldness and confidence isn't in me. It's in him. I believe that he can do what he said he can do. And I'm simple enough to believe that he can use you and I to do it. How many of you ready to let him identify you with his trademark? That's what I want you to do. If you're in here today and you say, Pastor, I... I want that. I want to be known by my love for God and for other people. I want to be known by that. And I want to be known as an individual that doesn't fold up when problems come. I want to be known as someone that people go to when there's trouble. I want my life to reflect his love and his power. Peter said, for we have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know what it's like when you're in the dark place and you're the only one with a flashlight? Everybody follows you. (laughs) So go ahead, reach out and get a hold of the light so people can find their way home. You ready for that to happen in your life? If you are, I want you to stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. Would you pray this prayer with me right now? Father, I confess that I am made by you. You own me, and I wouldn't have it any other way. And today, I surrender myself to you. I want you to do in my life what you always intended. Let me be known by my love for you and my love for others. And let me be known for my confidence in you and I refuse to fear the world. 
I give you praise right now. I'm asking you to let your light shine through me so I can help others find their way out of the darkness. And I give you praise for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise in this house. God bless you. Thank you for being here. We look forward to seeing you next, well, not next week. We look forward to seeing you guys this week at Sam's, 6 o'clock on Friday. Right, Sam? Okay. I want to make sure. But, uh, 6 o'clock on Friday. Bring a dish with you. We're going to have uh, professionally prepared uh, barbecue. There'll be, there'll be rib chips and barbecue sandwiches and everything. So come out and be with us. Love you guys.